Welcome to Change the Narrative. I'm your host, J.D. Fuller, an African-American, licensed psychotherapist, professor, diversity coach, consultant, and author. We talk about the isms. We talk about the phobias, anything that marginalizes and oppresses. Everything we are not and everything we are is because of fear. Through a mental health lens, we'll have difficult conversations with celebrity guests, political activists, and everyone in between. Our mind will tell us whatever we want to believe, but the truth lives in the body, and that's where change occurs. Are you ready to change the narrative? Okay, so so just to start this off, you know, we were talking about your book, and we were talking about the motivation to pursue a case against that white supremacist experience you had, and how it's so important for people to understand, it is not a person that came out of nowhere that decided to... Um, be aggressive towards you in that way and violate your, your personal space and being with your wife. But it is, it is a system that created this. And, and, you know, to congratulate you on self-restraint is it's a missed opportunity to see what really, you know, had happened here, if you will, you know? Um, so one of the things I want to, I want to ask you about is the emotional impact, right? As a therapist, I have to be curious mm -hmm. about, what did you and your wife do to continue, you know, thriving and to move forward? Did you get any, seek any support? Did they give you any victim yeah. support? So I would say that first off, the Cook County, the office of the Cook County, uh, state's attorney's office, I mean, like they were, the lady I worked with closely, she was great. Like she was phenomenal. She checked on us a lot. She helped us through the process. She understood that there was a, there were, there were some things that were frustrating about the system and she offered that comfort. She asked if we needed any help with things like that. And I, I sought it out myself. You know, mm -hmm. it, it, it was tough. Because like I said, when, when we left, it was, we know the craziest thing happened. I looked at my phone and realized I had all the footage. But then the decision was like, are we going to post this? And it was like, yeah, because that's a crime and we need to get the information. So from there, I'm posting this on my private Facebook page as a public post for the first mm -hmm. time. It's something like this. And I'm asking for help. There was a lot of great support from people. Then it was also some folk, of course, white folks, even some black folks who was in the inbox talking really crazy. And wow. again, a couple of days later, we get some mail from somebody. And this mail was like, it was a printed letter. And it said something about you all are definitely in words, in words, something like that. Yeah. I'll never forget it. It was a, a beautiful envelope, too. It had our address mm. typed out, no return address. And I remember opening that thinking it was going to be some type of letter of support. And I was just taken yeah. back. And then you go to the police station where I live and they're just like, oh, can't do nothing about it. No, it's not a threat. Wow. And again, you feel helpless. Like, so, okay. So because they didn't explicitly say something, you all, and considering what I just dealt with, you know, so it just, mm -hmm. it just really made me just kind of re resent the system even more because before then, it was more so secondary experiences with the system. I had a co I had some things, of course, but like just knowing how we have been done. Now I'm seeing it in real time. Y'all don't care about victims until like something happens. We went straight back to work two weeks later. And that was rough because we were viral. And, you know, work, corporate co culture and the education system is a corporate entity. Everybody needs Thank to understand you. that. It, it is Thank not you. what you think it is. It is it is not a transformative place, education. It, it, right. It's bad. <laughs> so we don't have these conversations at work. Like every, everybody puts up a mask as if everything's okay. Oh, how was your summer? How we go back to work is like, all right, I'm, I'm in a, a sea of white people now. 
the same they who look just like the person who assaulted us. I don't want to be here. We have two days of meetings. That was like that was tough because the, the meetings mm. already drained me because it's always surface. And as black folks, like we're not surface people. And those meetings drained me because it was not like it didn't fulfill me. It didn't feed me. And I need to be mm -hmm. fed then. I go into class the first day. I tell the kids what happened. Some of the kids saw it. Some of the kids knew what happened. So wow. going throughout the year was really rough. March of that following year, 2017, I had a breakdown. And my, I was mm. driving to work one day. And I, I, don't, I think it was just kind of like feeling isolated, not fully feeling supported. With teaching at any type of job, you never, you get the little breaks, you know, Christmas, all yeah. of like you're just going, it's like you're going down a hill and it's hard to stop that, that, that movement, that momentum. So I broke down one day driving to work and I'll never forget. It was like going to the bridge on Jefferson Street right before I cross over to where the school is. And I had to pull over because it was just too much. Every, it just started flowing out. And I had, I've never been that person to just cry. Mm -hmm. And I called my mom and. You know, she was like, I think you need to take off. You need to go home because you're not doing well. And I remember taking off and I remember thinking like, I've never used my health insurance for mental health. It's always been MD. Right. And I barely even use that. So I was thinking, right. how do I even find a therapist? I think I need a yeah. therapist now. And I, I was like, I Googled like, you know, black therapists in my, I'm sorry, well, well, black therapists yeah. in my town. I found a couple names. I called some people. I, I never forget. I was in my kitchen talking to this lady and she felt so much sympathy for me. I was telling her what happened and she was like, but I'm so sorry. I won't be able to see you though. Cause you're not on my insurance. Uh -huh. And I just like, uh -huh. I was just sitting in that kitchen, just lost. Like, how do I, like, why does yeah. this have to be so difficult? What I began to do was like throughout that week, I started outlining the experiences in my life related to that because I was really reflecting like I've dealt with a lot of racial trauma throughout my life that I need to unpack and I just started writing that's that's the birth of my book I started mm. like I, I get I told myself I got to write every day whether it was on my phone whether it was sitting down and eventually I found a therapist wasn't able to find a black therapist on my insurance but I, I needed somebody mm. quick I found yeah. a Muslim brother uh, really cool. Okay. And, 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 I, and that was kind of where it started. It was difficult, though, yeah. because I had to drive so far during work nights. But it's, and it's always this balance of I don't have time. But then you, in your mind, you're like, how don't you have time for your mental health? And I, yes. and, I, and I went through a long period of not seeing him. I regret that to this day because, like, he ended up going to a different place. It was, it was, it was rough. Like, for me, I needed to access that. My, my wife didn't deal with it the same way because I had already been doing that type of fight. Hers was right. more so, you know, she, she felt, you know, really closer to her, like a religion, you know, reading the Bible yes. and everything. But I just, I've mm -hmm. always needed more than that. And, and I think it's a work in progress because you, you, it's a journey. And I think something that really helped me a lot was Resma Menicum's book, My Grandmother's Hands, that deals uh, with racial trauma. And I, and I read, oh, when, when we got locked down and I had to teach virtually, I was reading that. And I felt the the weight falling as yes. I was reading it. And so that's kind of where I am now. Like, I, I mean, meditation's big. Writing is big. A long yeah. time. Being outside daily, working out, you know, talking. I think mm -hmm. every time I had a speaking engagement, it was cathartic and therapeutic as well. Absolutely. Look, I am so sorry that 
it is it was so challenging. Hopefully it's getting easier for mm. people from the global majority to find people who look like themselves in the therapeutic space or like you did to find someone yeah. at least in the communities that can relate to the experience. And mm. it sounds like you gained some skills from that short period of time in therapy and you expanded mm -hmm. upon them and grew. Look, you know, traditional therapy is not for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, important opportunity to learn how to do what you did, which is mm -hmm. develop awareness and insight. And mm -hmm. I recommend, you know, Resma's book to everybody. Mm -hmm. To me, it's yeah. like, so, I've been trying to get him on the show for the past year. Um, just yeah, I got his to work. Out to him for you. Oh, please, please. Because yeah. he's empowered me in ways to help me figure out how to, how to spread the message you know, mm -hmm. in an effective mm -hmm. way, uh, with all the skills that I had from school, it's just like been integrated with his yeah. teaching. Yeah. So it's pretty powerful. So I'm, I'm happy that you found your way. That, that's yeah, really, that's really incredible. So I'm going to shift gears mm -hmm. and, um, on your website, you have an African proverb. Mm -hmm. If you don't know who you are, anyone can name you. That's so important. Well, you, you know, and then it goes on to say, if anyone can name you, you will answer to anything. What mm. does that mean to you? Ooh, yeah, shout out to Dennis Kimbrough. I read that in his daily motivation book towards the end of writing my book, too. And I was like, oh, that's it. <laughs> like, that's like, mm -hmm. I, I don't start my chapters with quotes, you know, like most books do. That's just the mm -hmm. one quote I want people to think about. And, and I think it's so powerful because understanding that proverb, of course, likely preceded what we experienced. But that's a big part of our culture. You know, from, you know, maybe ancient Kemet with documenting everything on the walls to West Africa with griots. Like we have so we have such a rich history. I think about what we went through when we were placed on those ships and we were uh, we lost a lot of our, our we, we, we lost the culture by name. You know, we lost our names and we were rebranded. And a, a lot of what I see, you know, again, is, is a, is a re reaction to the trauma, the system we're in. And also too, like being displaced from where we truly are, because again, if you, if you know who you are, then nobody can just call, you don't respond to that. I always tell kids, I'll do a speaking engagement. I'll just start calling out random names and nobody will answer. Why? Because that's not your name. Like, <laughs> You're right. you, like you, you, that's not you. So like you, you have to, that's why affirmations are so big to me. You have to know who you are before you leave out that house, before you go to the word, even open up your phone because somebody is going to either say something or they're going to show you something that does not directly agree with who you know you are in your spiritual essence. But if you are unclear about that, you're going to be following that. You're going to go around to it. And that, that history, which to me is, it's our historical memory, is what I say. Our yes. history is, especially before the time we were born, that's our memory. And, and I'm someone that believes that we've been here. Like, you know what I'm saying? We, we enter this realm. We're conscious of this moment. But like, I'm born in the 80s, but like the stuff in the 70s, it's like all that stuff and that social construct at the time impacts us today. So you have to know that firmly, that identity. Otherwise, you're going to be following along to what anybody says in America. Black folks, black Americans are more susceptible to that because, again, we're the only ones here, even our indigenous brothers and sisters, like trauma on another level as well. But they know who they are. We were taken and a lot of what we do now is trying to, we're trying to find it, but we don't realize that that's what we're actually going through. Whew. Yes. There's nothing to even add to that. Just <laughs> yes. You said it's not the flower, it's the environment. Mm. I love when you did that in one of your speaking engagements. Will you, yes. will you elaborate? 
Yeah, man, I, I found that on a tweet, so I wish I remember who posted it. But yeah, it's beautiful because, you know, it's the same thing that Tupac says, the rose that grew from concrete. It's, it's a rare yeah. thing because it's not supposed to grow in that environment. Like when we see a rose in a grocery store or a floral shop or out in nature seeing sunflowers or whatever, we marvel at its beauty. And if you like were to buy some flowers and you, and you bring them into your home and after a couple of days they wither, like you don't get mad at the flower. Right. You're thinking, dang, did I add enough water? Is the soil right? <laughs> you know, is it is there enough light here? Like, oh, you know, like, so like we, we are that, you know, again, as we, like, we are truly regal people there. We got to brag a little bit. Like there on, on this realm, nothing could exist without our existence. It, it all mm. comes from the motherland, the same continent that has every resource, the same continent that's still getting looted. That like we talk like Queen Elizabeth, like they went there and ravaged that place. They don't have anything where they're from. So they took everything. Stuff that we like we took for granted because like it's just here. We just we live mm -hmm. in it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like that, that, that is, a, a, is essentially important because that's the true essence of our identity, in my opinion. Right. Right. No, I agree. Um, you know, you could preach as well. Just, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I, I get it. I get it from my mom. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, there's no lie in that. Okay. So I'm winding down now and there's three things that I want to know. So I'm hoping we can get to them all. I'm just going to say mm -hmm. the little mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I I made another post about that today. I saw it. I yeah, saw uh, it. that that lady, that was a you know fatality, Mortal Combat. Like mm. it's it's always funny to me because you know when we talk about representation, for one, if you notice, a lot of racist people they get more the most frustrated when we are included in their fictional stories. These are fictional stories. These right. are mythology. But they don't bring that same level of anger when they are included in our factual stories that were removed from our history. It's different. We're talking about, I was uh, in my mentor group the other day, I showed the kids how in the 9-11 story, Sergeant Jason Thomas, a black brother, went in there with another sergeant and saved the lives. But in the World Trade Center movie, they casted a white guy as him five years later. This wasn't like 500 years later. It's five years later on purpose. Then if we look at the, you know, like, for example, the gods of Egypt, same thing. Like they, they showed you they had brown skin, locks and braids mm -hmm. and afros. And you purposely cast all white, not even like type of brown, don't tan, nothing. Right. So right. this aerial thing is it, just, it's funny, like, because in its truest form, we are being included. But if we dig deeper, it's kind of funny because we actually created that mythology first. It's the, the doggone in West Africa. That's the 4,000 years ago. So we talk about being displaced from our culture in West Africa. The doggone civilization was, they were aware of stars and constellations, Sirius B, for example, that like without the same technology we have today, they were aware of that stuff thousands of years ago that we're just starting to see. So it's not even to me that we're still in their story or being included in their story. We're just reclaiming what it mm. was truly ours. And even beyond that, a lot of other cultures created mermaid stories as well. But like yeah. w w when a group of people, and I'm not even talking about it, but when a group of people doesn't truly have a history that they're proud of, they will, they, they will put more into mythology than what actually happened. And that's what mm. you said. They're, they're so, like, you're, you're really that mad. No, <laughs> you, you, 
you think that's that's the only thing you have to truly be proud of because you know if you really yeah. grapple with what ha- what you've done historically, then you then you know what's really. <laughs> you know that yeah again totally in agreement and I wonder what are your thoughts I mean I know you pretty much teach to the global majority and your intent is to empower and to inform what do you want to say to the white community who wants to get it but they can't. They know they can't get it, but they want to. What What do you say to them? Humble yourself. <laughs> Humble yourself. Vet Vet your social media and and follow follow black pages. You know, uh, black historians, black therapists, black teachers, people outside of of corporate America. Follow those people that make you feel uncomfortable. Because I know, like Malcolm X, is a scary word to a lot of white Americans and even some black folks too, because of how bold he was. But you need to really be able to digest that. You need you need to be able to listen to angry black people like you you like. <laughs> I love that. And, 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 what, and what I really mean is that like black folks I know who feel comfortable expressing their anger. That's right. It's justified yes. anger. You need to hear it and stop following the people that are fed to you through social media. I'm sorry, what really mainstream media and understand that like you you're supposed to be racist in this society. So just like America is supposed to make us obese and overweight. You have to constantly work at it, constantly work at it. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to be like, well, dang, I'm racist or dang, I had a racist thought or like, you're not perfect. I think like uh, for a lot of folks, racism or being called racist, they've equated that with us being called the N-word. You're supposed to be that. You're like, you you understand that you, you benefited from like y'all, y'all were doing human experiments on us, not even just during slavery. So for you to unlearn that or even want to unlearn that, it's a great thing. That's a miracle. Applaud yourself and just keep and keep working at it. I mean, because I'm, I'm not even really leery of even saying allies. I think there can be situations no. where you are like, like, but it, it's a process. You are attempting to be. Okay. I'm going to have to go against that one mm-hmm. because allies are witnesses. They can mm. choose to be involved and not be involved. Yeah. And that's, well, that, well, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm really not, you know I'm, I'm, not yeah, I'm not really big on just using that term. Like I can't stand that. Term. Yeah. It's, it's, we got to find, so I, I'm not perfect, but I, I haven't found a better word yet. But like, if you no, ain't I'm John Brown, you. Look, you know, <laughs> look, look, you're, you're pretty damn perfect. I just don't like that word because you know, to me, it. it gives a false representation of what is required mm-hmm. to unlearn. There is no yeah. allyship in unlearning yeah. there's only abolition and yeah. there is only you know taking charge of your own yeah. unlearning however yeah. as you've said the reality is is that you still own racism yeah. and and yeah. that's not something no matter how much you unlearn it's still a product that you own yeah. and so to stand by and, and create the illusion of allyship i just think is problematic i started giving that back about five years ago and i'm hoping to yeah. encourage everybody to do the same so and, I appreciate and, you being open to that. Oh, yeah. And you can't really, you can't label yourself, you know, as that. For me to, I mean, understand that we also live in a, in a sexist and capitalist society. My, my, only, my only frame of reference would be sexism as being a man. Like, I, I'm i born into a society that will like to give me benefits in certain things, like, you know, as a man. Yes. So, like, I have to constantly unlearn that and yes. listen to different perspectives and or listen that. to the LGBTQI community and mm-hmm. understand those perspectives. Because that's just, you know, we live in a heteronormative society, too. People just have to humble themselves and not get mad at the label, like re- re- remove yeah. the social construct. If somebody says, you know that, 
you trying to do, do this work, but that was racist. Listen, like, oh, wow. Can you explain that to me? Like, I want to learn. Right, right, right. Yeah. And it's not our job to teach. And it's not our That's job true. to teach. That's not true. our job That's to teach. True. So That's if we true. say that, I need you to go look it up and figure it out and right. then get back to me. Right. So say, That's true. Very true. All right. <laughs> we almost out of time. I got two more quick ones, mm, but yep. they're not quick. <laughs> One is Colin Kaepernick. I love what you said. That's yeah. my man. I'm about mm. him. And yeah. I feel the same way you do about yeah. football season every year. Can you just give your, yeah. your blurb on that? Yeah, first off, I got to put it out there. I, I got to meet that brother. That's my brother. Oh. We don't even, bro, we we got, I remember I was teaching about him one year and I, you know, Googled him real quick. Our birthdays, like we two days apart, same year. That's my what? brother. Yeah, okay. that's my brother right there. But, you know, I, I, I you know what's funny? And I, and, I, and I shared this with him because the same year he did, that is the same year I dealt with my situation. So like, oh, it, this was July 30th, 2016. The football season started in like September. So I'm already like, I'm all in it. I'm all, ah, like, I don't wow. care. I'm over here posting vlogs for the first time. I'm growing my hair out, like all of this stuff. And when he got on there and said that it symbolized what I want to do. And it, and it took some, it took me six years, but it symbolized what I wanted to be bold enough to do and say, I'm standing up for us regardless. And if you don't like it, then I'm gone. Thankfully though, you know, with all I said about education, I was at a district, even though I don't think they fully got it because nobody does, especially if you ain't, you know, you ain't black, like, but they still supported me by not bothering yeah. me. You know, that year after where he uh, wasn't signed, I consciously didn't watch it. And I, I just, I just felt like I didn't really care anymore. You know, like it, it was, yeah. it was just, and it, it was, it was not caring in the sense that like, y'all really like, Gonna blackball this man for doing the most silent protest ever. Right. The most polite right. protest. That was the <laughs> nicest protest mm -hmm. in human history. He sat down first and then he met with somebody and said, okay, let's take a knee. And I think that at this point, he shouldn't go back even if he had the opportunity. But also, too, I take it personal that I, I can't speak to it because I'm not in the NFL. I would like to think that if I did that, as a pro athlete or any other thing that I, my brothers will support me, you know, that hurt. I ain't going to lie. That one hurt. I'm with you. It, 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 it I, probably, I, even if it was just 10 people, <laughs> if I, it was I'm, 10 I'm like you, so I'm yeah, with I'm, you. And that is why, that's why capitalism rules. Cause yeah. you know, capitalism, racism, <laughs> racism is capitalism. First child or reverse. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's the same, you know? And, and I just feel so much the same way. Uh, football was my favorite sport, yeah. man. I got the Giants yep. tattooed on my yep. arm. Yep. It really a big deal for me to give yeah. it up. And I did. And it hasn't been the same since. So when you made that post, I was like, damn, yeah. this brother's always speaking to what I'm feeling. <laughs> so right on. <laughs> so look, in closing, I want to have you talk about where everybody can find you. Yeah, so you all, uh, the best place to find me, honestly, right now, I would say be Instagram. I'm most prominently on Instagram and TikTok. That's at MRCRIM3, M-R-C-R-I-M-3. You can also email me at info at ErnestCrim.com. I have my website as well, ErnestCrim.com. But I'm like the best way is probably going to be social media. I'm all in these social media streets trying to disrupt your algorithm and your dancing <laughs> videos with some knowledge. It's the Crim the third. Just hear me when I say. I did not know I could be a bigger fan of yours than I already am. <laughs> yeah. Man, Appreciate two shows, it. two shows was not enough. And Indeed. I hope you promise to come back in the new year oh, and yeah. just give us an update. Yeah, for real. I got Definitely. you on recording saying that. Oh, yeah, because... we're going to do it. Let me know. Uh, 
All right, right on, because you are a force to be reckoned with. I wouldn't be surprised if you were running for office, but I understand if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I did before. We could talk about that next time. <laughs> right on, right on. I appreciate that. So I just want to wish you well, tell you you're amazing, and you are blessed. And I, I am honored that you shared this space with me today. Thank, Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and follow wherever you get your podcasts. And also, leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Thank you for listening to Change the Narrative with J.D. Fuller.